1: We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.
0: Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show, with me, Peabody Award winning broadcaster Adam Bayfield, and alongside me once again is a fresh-faced young lad by the name of Tony Kerr. Thanks for having me. Tony, uncork the champers, run the miniature Union Jacks up the cocktail sticks, get your f***ing bunting out, because I've got some breaking news to bring you. We're having another baby. <laughs> yeah. not, not me and you. Britain, Tony. Britain is having another baby.
1: Well, we haven't had any relief, really, have we? Because George is still growing up. Yeah. Not long as the first one we popped out. The second one's on its way, and it's a, it's a nightmare for me. This is the worst possible thing that could have happened today. <laughs> yeah, okay. Pleasantries aside, yeah, good news
0: for for them, but no one else, I don't. I need to know. I don't care. I, I do love it because it's like the news of a, a you know a couple, a happy couple expecting their second baby is like the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm furious <laughs> I'm surprised about it though because you're such a you're such a royal enthusiast you enjoyed the royal wedding so much oh, I you, loved en- it. you enjoyed the build up to the birth of Prince George so much
1: oh uh, just but I mean already what we're you know, like eight hours in or something <laughs> to, the, to the news to the, preg- to the public pregnancy uh, just already the coverage is driving me mad just the vox pops with like people outside you know outside various royal establishments oh
0: we well, yeah, I looked at the uh, the BBC News article Main article on the, you know, it's it's the massive story. Apparently, there's nothing else going on in the world today. Uh, And there's a little bit at the top, there's sort of five or six lines. And then right in the middle of the article, there's a section marked analysis. I'm sorry? (laughs) No. What do you mean, analysis? (laughs) What is there to analyze about that? And then there's a link to an article in pictures, and there's just pictures of. William and Kate, like when they got married, you know, when they first uh, presented Prince George. These are the pictures that we've seen before. Tony's just got his head in his hands now. <laughs> He's rubbing his eyes. What I want to know
1: is, and, you know, I'm, I want to start, as a country, I think we should advocate a one royal child policy. So, you know, you, as a royal couple, you're allowed one child. But, I mean, what's a second? What's the point of a second at this <laughs> stage? Uh, you know, and how much more does that... Each child cost the bloody taxpayer... Probably hundreds of millions of pounds over the course of its lifetime.
0: Well I mean look at Harry. You know, Harry's Prince not Harry. making what? any money. It's not like, you know, look, I, What's this the point st- of Prince Harry?
1: <laughs> all this stuff about, you know, the Queen, yeah, okay, tourists come for the Queen. Uh but you know, what well, Do they though? Well kind of, and like all in all the gaffes. But once you get past like second you know, once you get past Charles William, you get to Harry. I mean Harry's not really, you know, he's a bit of a He's just Harry, isn't he? He's just don't really, Oh God. Don't he's a want, lad, he's I a massive lad, Harry, isn't I he? I don't even
0: want to talk about it, I quite <laughs> That's before we even get to like Zara and uh Mike Tyndall. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know if the tourists to the can you say tourists come for the Queen? Like, I suppose they the fact that there's a royal family makes Britain very visible in the world. And I suppose they come to look at Buckingham Palace. And maybe if the royal family didn't exist anymore, they wouldn't do that. But it's not like they come to hang out with the Queen, is it? <laughs> come for a pint with the Queen. But, I mean, of course, that was <laughs> would be quite good. I'd do that. It wasn't the only royal
1: story, was it, in the headlines today? In Guernsey, the local paper, I don't know if you saw this. I did see this, uh, yeah. Carried on its front page the story of, of Guernsey's own royal wedding, which happened, I presume, at the weekend, between some dude who's 595th in line to the throne <laughs> and his partner, you know, also with a huge typo it said something along the lines of so and so, 595th of the throne with his new bridge so, so-,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good, the man who married a bridge <laughs> they referred to him as prince as well prince something are you a prince if you're 595th in line to the throne? I don't even know what I am in line to the throne am I up there high enough to be also referred to as prince? who knows, you can't, you can't say not no, definitely. I mean, isn't it, it's, a, oh, it's a
1: famous thing, I was going to say, but it's a thing, isn't it, that that's one of the longest Wikipedia articles, isn't it? The British throne line, what do you call it? What do you call it? Line of succession. That's the one. You know, In terms of characters, it's bloody millions of them. And it goes all the way down to like 1,000, I think.
0: Yeah, if only there was a way for, for us to look this up. So <laughs> exactly. if only I had a laptop in front of me now. Um, it's complete garbage, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, I'm not... I don't want to be one of these guys on a soapbox ranting about the royal family but and in some respects I've got more time for it or more patience for it than some people in terms of like the actual the core royals but who cares about who's you know 595th in line for the throne if you mention that to anyone in in the general course of your life then you're you're an idiot yeah if you if you dine out on that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you dine out on that by going to the Guernsey Press and saying you might want to put this on your front page, then <laughs> then frankly, Tone, you've lost my respect. The thing is with these royals is that
1: yeah, I agree, you know, I'm probably like you, you know, they don't fundamentally annoy me in the, in the way that some you know some other people are annoyed by them. But what uh, there's so many aspects of them and the coverage of them that winds me up. All this talk of like you know the modern monarchy and all this. BS. It's the most antiquated thing imaginable, isn't it?
0: Well, absolutely. Like like you say, I I think in some respects, I've got time for the royal family in the sense that almost like what's the point of getting rid of them in, in some ways and it it's quite a nice thing there's a like when there is a, a big royal event like the country does come together in a way that it doesn't for other things but I got kind of annoyed with it at Wimbledon this year when uh, Wills and Kate were just in the royal box all the time and they were there for the final and stuff and I'd never really thought about it before but it is when you think about it they are just two people and they get to go to Wimbledon for the final no questions asked and get the best view in the house. Why? Because of their family. Like, that is nonsense. I don't know why it took a tennis match to make me realise... <laughs> to crystallise <the>, that. <laughs> ...the uh, the antiquated nature of the British royal family. But, but yeah. That's BS. But anyway, we should probably talk some cricket. We probably should. Uh, that is what I'm planning to talk about tonight. Um, because a lot's happened since we last spoke, to Uh Tonight, I think we're going to be looking back at the limited overs series. That's just happened. The T20 was yesterday as well. England, India, I'm talking about. And I guess we'll be more generally discussing England's one-day team and their World Cup chances, which I think, you know, as a preview, I think we can safely say are sky high. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about. I've got a side note as well, so lots to look forward to. Um, I just, All through our conversation about the Royal Family there, I've been talking to you, but I've not really been listening to what you're saying because I'm just thinking about Pringles then. I brought some Pringles. You demanded that I bring Pringles... I said, bring Pringles. You sent me a text, bring Pringles, which I did. And then I made the mistake of having a Pringles (laughs) and the tube is open over there. And I just, oh, yeah. Oh dear. This is not good for podcasting, is it? Mm. Did you just eat two at once? Hmm. Always. You
1: are disgusting. Always two, maybe three or four. What? Or five. Always multiple Pringles at once. Never just one.
0: I'm actually appalled. England. This is the part of the show where we talk about England. Now, Tony, how are you doing? Good. <laughs> um, India's tour of England came to an end this week with a five-match one-day series uh, followed by a one-off T20 International. We're recording this on Monday night, so that T20 game was yesterday. And England won it. Now, it was a fantastic game of cricket, actually up at Uh England batted first, posted 180 for seven. Uh, an absolutely sensational innings from Owen Morgan, 71 from 31 balls, seven sixes. And that was a much more competitive total than they looked like setting at one point. Uh, and then it was a thrilling finish. England dragging it back uh, after a half century from Virat Kohli. MS Dhoni there at the end, 27 not out. But he turned down runs in the final over, turned down singles, because he wanted to keep the strike. And they ended up needing five off the last ball, and they could only manage one. Uh, So England won the game by three runs. So, yeah, I mean, brilliant batting from Owen Morgan, some great bowling from James Treadwell, Steve Finn as well. Chris Wokes held his nerve in that final over, just about. Uh, So, basically, English cricket is in rude health, isn't it? It was a really good game, actually, wasn't it? It was very very entertaining. Uh, The the
1: run chase was very entertaining. Uh, You know, it kind of swung... Uh, both ways, as you, you know, kind of got into the last f- <laughs> the last four or five overs, uh, boundaries, wickets, run outs, all of it, uh, and uh, yeah, and Donny's
0: idiocy at the end as well. He's he's an idiot. Yeah, it was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, you know, clearly Donny is w- one of the best finishers that you know one day cricket's ever seen. So you can sort of understand why he would back himself to finish again, and I suppose if he had if he had pulled it off, no one would ever have shut up about it. And just you know what, just so confident, MS Dhoni that he's the man, isn't he? But he didn't pull it off, and it is strange because it's not like he had a, a rabbit at the other end. Like if if he'd been batting with a tail ender, if it'd been Ishan Sharma or somebody, then you could understand it. But it was Ryadu who would you know t- take an England's bowlers to the cleaners in, in the ODI at Trent Bridge. So it was strange that he would. He would not back someone like that to to finish the job as well, you know. If if he doesn't think Ridy's capable of doing it, then why has he picked him in the team? Yeah, I mean,
1: and, and clearly, Ridy you know, it, it wasn't like a it wasn't a, a tactic or a pre-discussed thing because the uh, the single that was on offer, what was it, on the penultimate ball? You know, Ridy pretty much ran all the way to the other end before Doni. Sent him back. So yeah, I mean, I just thought it was
0: crazy. It was kind of egotistical, yeah. wasn't it? It, it? Again, it's that thing. If he if he'd done it, then people would say, you know, oh, he's just as I say, he's so confident and and rightly so. I'm delighted he didn't
1: do it. I mean, not least because I'm an England fan and he would have won the game. But just yeah, I just just, just, just no,
0: I'll do this. It was st- I'm the only one stupid, who can do this. Stupid.
1: Yeah, uh, and yeah, um, yeah, couldn't have him to a nicer guy, really. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I think. Do you not like
1: Dani? Well, uh, not. Not especially,
0: uh, yeah. Well, this is a bigger conversation yeah. that we might not have now. But I, you know, I think he's, I think he's a bit deluded in some respect. You saw, you saw him say uh, after the game, he's like, "Yeah, I think it's been a pretty good tour for us." After you know the Test series debacle, it's depressing if he thinks that that's a good tour because it suggests that he just that he and and therefore by extension the Indian team don't care about Test cricket. So the, the, that aspect of it I'm, I'm not a big fan but I don't, I don't think he's no, I mean, I it's, say he's it's an it's unpleasant some, man no no it's being the
1: Indian cricket captain must be quite a weird and unique position to be in but but yeah I mean I just I mean, that, that just smacked of of just stupid yeah arrogance you know it, we would have a problem with it if it'd been like going to the last over if you'd rejected a single saying that like, no I'm gonna have to strike for the last over mm. but it's crazy oh
0: yeah or again if, if they'd been you know, a tail ender at the other end, then it makes sense. But yeah. when well, it's another batsman who you'd imagine is going to be at least semi capable of scoring the runs required, it just seems like, what well, if, if it happened at a, you know, in a village cricket game and, you know, and the captain did that and they failed to win, you'd just be like, what an idiot. What a, what a, what a D head, you'd say. Wouldn't yeah. Have. I mean, if I was riding, I'd have just run through.
1: I wouldn't have stopped. I'd have said, you know, F you. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid, you know. It's not really bleeping out all our own swearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Donny has uh, has done some special things, you know, the, the last World Cup, for example. But you know, overall, you know, recently, he's not like he's is that you know particularly he's not a special batsman on a, on a, any kind of level, and he's not a special captain, you know. And the, the biggest cricketing nation in the game hasn't had a great run, has it? So, you know, for me, I don't really think he should be there or be captain. There you go. There you go, Donny slammed well I just annoyed, that just annoyed me Just pack him off now
0: uh, there was something else at that game that I was going to say annoyed but annoyed isn't really the word uh, which is when Moen Ali was booed as he walked to the wicket he was booed again when he came onto bowl uh, every time he touched the ball in the field he was booed did he see this or did, did he hear
1: this it was, so? was, was quite a loud pub so I couldn't really hear there was music playing you're always doing in the the game. Pub. <laughs>
0: I was in a I was in a nightclub. Uh, it was three in the afternoon on a Sunday, uh, so you didn't really hear it. No. Well, yeah, it was. There was a lot of booing. Actually, it it, it would be wrong to say it was a you know a, a small minority or a small section of fans. I mean, it may well have been a minority, but it wasn't a small minority because it, it was pretty loud the booing um, when he came out to bat. You've got to ask why are they booing him? It's not like when someone boos Stuart Broad or Ricky Ponting or something like. It's be, you know because of specific things that have
1: Yeah, and it's not like a a pantomime booing, is it either?
0: No, he's being booed either because he's of Pakistani origin or because he's just generally of Asian origin and playing for England or because he's a Muslim or some combination of all three. But yeah, I mean, it was just... It was pretty disgraceful, actually. And I don't think it's something that can be ignored because he is literally just being booed for who he is, not for something that he's done, as I say. So I don't think it's really overstating it to call that racism... And if something similar happened, you know, in a Premier League football match, if a, if a black player was booed when his name was called out and booed again when the ball was passed to him, there would be some pretty serious repercussions. You know, they'd identify the fans involved and probably be some bans handed out and things like that. And you'd have to say, rightly so. Yeah, agreed. The word banter has cropped up in in defence. But that's no, just that not really. really cover it. Yeah. I mean, the, the word banter has been buried really as a
1: as a useful term, hasn't it, over the last few years, uh, by various people. <laughs> I
0: love the idea of banter being a useful term, like in in discourse. I don't know. Like must, at a university, yeah, there must have been a time seminar. though when banter was,
1: yeah, it was a valid, legitimate term for something. <laughs> but not like you just can't don't use the, don't use banter as an excuse because it just doesn't. It makes you sound like a complete idiot.
0: I'm pretty sure you've used the word banter as an excuse lots of times. Almost certainly not. <laughs> well, but yeah, it was it was very it was very very disappointing, and it, it's happened at other grounds as well throughout this this 50 over series, but not to that extent. Yeah, I mean, I was just I was pretty shocked by it to be honest, and it's uh, pathetic doesn't really cover it. But but I would say there needs to be some some investigation of it, mm. and something has to happen. It, it we can't can't just say oh well, that's that's happened and that's fine. It's not fine. I mean Moe and Ali himself doesn't want to pursue it does he he's not not going to report it no although he did say he was upset by it just because he doesn't want to pursue it doesn't necessarily mean it shouldn't be pursued because another player might come along and be put in a similar position and he shouldn't be put in that position either so you know it's got to be tackled because if you let it slide then it'll happen again anyway uh, back to the actual cricket Uh, I mean let's talk about that 50 over series then Tone uh, because it was a it was a pretty bad one from an English perspective, it finished 3-1 to India the first game was rained off Uh, the second game India won by 133 runs after posting 304 for 6, England were skittled out for 161 the third game India won by 6 wickets Uh, England were going pretty nicely but then collapsed against the spin Uh, and the fourth game was even more comprehensive, India won by 9 wickets, England could only manage 206 Uh, and India got there with only one wicket down, and they lost that right at the end. Ajinka Rahani uh, with a century, the one, 97 not out from just 81 balls. Uh, so yeah, they were 3-0 up with one to play. England did manage to salvage some pride uh, by winning the final game at Headingley. But that doesn't really even begin to paper over the cracks of what was a pretty humbling series, actually. After the last couple of weeks, Tane, are you optimistic about England's chances at the World Cup? No,
1: I'm not optimistic about anything about the World Cup, really. <laughs> Uh, can't we still World Twenty Twenty? Be much more fun. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the momentum swung so markedly in the Test series, but then for England to be able to put up so little resistance, really, in this ODI series is, it, it, well, on one hand, baffling, uh, and on the other hand, really disappointing. <laughs>
0: <And> on the <laughs> other hand, very easily explainable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: bafflingly, bafflingly easy to explain. No. Well,
0: that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's quite a good description of it, to be honest, because it is—it's baffling that they didn't see it coming, I suppose.
1: I mean, they, they, I mean they, you know, this Indian team is clearly better or more comfortable playing one-day cricket than, than it is playing test cricket. So, you know, it's no disgrace for England to lose to India in a one-day series at all when, they, you know, there are some fi- fine players, you know, even... Well, they are the world champions. And, yeah, and England you know, have proved over the last 20 years that they can't play one-day cricket. They've never really been able to.
0: Well... Oh, yeah, in fits and starts. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Uh, it, it was an extremely disappointing series, and, and not just that England lost and that they were bad in the series, but the the way in which they lost and you know how how meekly they surrendered in quite a lot of those games. I got a text from my brother in law um, towards the end of the fourth game that just said, uh, "It's like none of them have ever played ODI cricket before, but they read a book on it that was written in the eighties, and it's true in that it's it does seem like England are playing a very outmoded brand of cricket where. You know, they're trying to build steadily and keep wickets in hand and go for it at the end. And, you know, sometimes that can work, but it's quite a high risk strategy because if you don't keep wickets in hand and you're only going at four and over, then you can't explode at the end. And then you end up setting, as they did, sort of 205 to 220, that sort of score, which is just nowhere near good enough against this Indian team. So... It was a, it's a very frustrating brand of cricket to watch as an England supporter when it goes wrong at least if they were losing but you know playing in a sort of explosive fearless manner then you might have a bit more patience with them
1: but, I mean England should really be the ECB should be giving back ticket money uh, because three of the three of the four games weren't on any level competitive were they at all and England you know it, it just didn't get a score there should be yeah, you go out to watch the test cricket if there's not a certain number of overs bowled you get your money back if England don't post a big enough total <laughs> you should get your money back you know if they can't get to 250 money back or at least a part <laughs> of it anyway that's pretty fair you know 161 206 227 you know that's no, none of those are games of cricket
0: no and particularly against this in- team which as you say has got some incredibly powerful batsmen in it you know Rohani had a fantastic series Dewan finally came to life at the end. Suresh Reiner with that 100 in in the second ADI as well. Most teams would find them hard to play against in that kind of form. And this is why I think, to a certain extent, I think the the demise of England's one-day team has been a little bit overstated in that it's not that long ago that they were in the Champions Trophy final. It's not that long ago that they were ranked number one in the world. And I know that you could say, well, rankings don't necessarily mean everything. But people only say that when England are doing well. When England are eighth in the rankings, people are like, (laughs) well, look at the rankings there ain't do you know what i mean so i don't agree with this idea that england haven't played any good one-day cricket since 1992 which has been coming up a lot this week we haven't learned anything we haven't moved on since 92 well we were number one in the world in 2012 clearly since then since the champions trophy things have gone downhill pretty fast and you know england have lost the last four one-day series at home but i don't think they're that far off being quite a good one-day team like i if I was chairman of selectors, as hopefully I.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job
0: on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I will be within the next year. Um, There's only a couple of changes that I would make. I mean, Stuart Broad's going to come back. And I think when he comes back, he does obviously slot in um, alongside Jimmy Anderson and James Treadwell. Uh, and then I'd play one out of Steve Finn or Harry Gurney or Chris Wokes or Chris Jordan or even Tim Bresnan, just whoever's playing best when the World Cup comes around, I'd I'd, I'd play them. And then the batting has obviously been the real problem. In some ways, I'd like to see Jonathan Trott come back, even though that sort of contradicts the idea of uh, making it a more kind of dynamic batting order. But he has been absolutely fantastic in this Royal London Cup, and I think he's been a big miss uh, for England in the last year. But they probably will give him more time before he comes back. So, what I would do is bring in James Taylor, who was in the squad. I'd bat him at number three. I think his selection is long overdue because he is someone who has all the shots. And just immediately, that's a much more dynamic looking batting lineup with Root and Morgan and Butler there as well. And the other thing I'd do, and I never thought I'd say this, is bring back Ravi Bapara. You know, it, it's weird because he spent years and years in the team doing absolutely nothing, but still for some reason getting picked over and over again. But then as soon as he actually started doing something and you know playing quite well for England, they dropped him. They dropped him from the squad. I mean, he, he was one of England's best players at that Champions Trophy. To a large extent, what happened is they finally found his best position, which is batting at number seven. They've always tried to get him batting in the top five. He's not really good enough at that. He's not good enough at constructing an in innings. But sort of rapid 20s and 30s towards the end, adding a bit of impetus to the innings, that's what he's really good at. When you add that to his bowling, which is common in leaps and bounds, Suddenly, that's a very useful cricketer, and I think you know if if you had him in there, the batting lineup looks a bit longer and a bit stronger, and just generally the team has a bit more balance to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and you know th- those kind of players are really important, aren't they? You know, his bowling is really tight, and he can hit the ball hard. I mean, you know, Cook's got to go. Well,
0: that was going to be my next uh, yeah. my next topic.
1: I mean, he has to go, doesn't he? Now, yeah, I really like Alistair Cook, I like him as a as a, as a man, I like him as a cricketer, but there's just no. There's no reason for him to be playing one-day cricket other than money, really. <laughs>
0: well, I think it's prize more the than money. Prize, but just
1: suck it up. I don't know. You know, it's not the end of the world, Alistair. Yeah, you know, he's never been the right sort of player to uh, to op- you know open a, a one-day innings at all. So uh, you know, he's he's had a go at it. Yeah, you know, give him a chance, but he just doesn't average enough. His strike rate's appalling overall. I think his career strike's about 77. You know, it, when, I mean, when was the last time he made a score? Of his, Years. Again. I think it's
0: two years since he last got a fifty in one day cricket. No, I completely agree with you. Um, like it, it was a strange choice to make him captain in the first place. In many ways, I mean, well, I mean, mean? they
1: just—I guess there is kind of, always that desire for consistency, isn't there? And you know, having the England cricket captain.
0: Yeah, and they obviously identified him as being Strauss's successor. Wanted to blood him in the one day team first, but he wasn't in the one day team when they made him captain of the one day team. And the reason he wasn't in the one day team was because he was not considered to be the right kind of player to play one day cricket. And you'd have to say rightly so. I mean, to be fair to him, immediately after he became captain, he did have a, a spell where he was really good. And he, he did score, you know, around about a run ball and was very consistently producing um, important innings. But that only lasted for a year or less. And then since then, since the middle of 2012, he's not produced a score of any significance at all. When you look at this England team, there's a pretty obvious weak link in the batting. And we you know, we talk about the frustratingly slow starts and the lack of firepower in the top order. If you replace Cook with someone more destructive, automatically that changes, doesn't it? That's that's no longer an issue. Yeah, I mean, Cook got 118 runs uh, at an average of
1: 29, strike rate of 65, didn't hit a six. Unremarkable doesn't even do that justice, does it?
0: Yeah, and, and then this approach where they're trying to build slowly, keep wickets in hand, they almost have to do that because of the team that they're picking because of the fact that Cook is one of the openers in some situations in some conditions maybe that's the right thing to do but you can't have that as your plan a I don't think it's just very very difficult to imagine Alistair Cook going out and smacking 100 off 70 balls it's just not going to happen is it and the problem as well is that he's hopelessly out of form and while in the test team he can be hopelessly out of form but scratch around and sort of squeeze out a 50 or a 60 or even a 100 you know in a, in a very ugly fashion at a very slow pace he can't do that in the one day team because regardless of how many runs he scores if he's eating up so many deliveries in the process then he's negatively impacting on the team yeah i really do think it's it's game over for Cook in the one day team i have to say i mean so many people have been saying this we're not original in this. No, no, He's- it's just that's the thing, isn't it? That's, what,
1: that's the change that needs to be made. I don't, you know, it's a distraction as well that I feel he doesn't need. He's been in hopeless form in cricket for uh, a little while, you know, pulled it back, salvaged it in the summer, you know, as captain, in the end, an excellent Test Series victory. But now, instead of kind of finishing the summer on a high looking ahead to the next test series albeit it's quite a long way away you know he's now back on the back pages yeah because everyone says you know so it's just more stress and
0: more hassle which he doesn't really need he, he must not know whether he's coming or going this summer it's like what's is like a turkish bath we just have <laughs> hot water cold water hot water just when he thought he turned it around he's plunged back into another <laughs> crisis like a yeah. week later the knives are out for him again. And, you know, I mean, Swan, Graham Swan is one of the, the major figures that's that said he should step aside. And Cook was very unhappy about that and was asked a question about it in the press conference and described Swan as his so-called friend. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I think he makes himself look like a bit of an idiot when he says stuff like that, Cook. Um, I do think Swan is right. You know, Swan's point was that 2015 is an absolutely enormous year for England in test cricket. And the last thing that Cook needs is a really demoralising World Cup campaign to kick it off. As you say, he could have been going into this eight-month break feeling good about himself, chance to go away, recharge the batteries uh, on the farm. But actually, yeah, he's just going to spend the entire break, you know, his hair slowly falling out uh, as he (laughs) fights for his place in the team, fights for his uh, captaincy.
1: Well, he shouldn't really have long, should he? Because, you know, England's next adventure is seven ADL, isn't it against sri lanka at the end of november the decision needs to be made very soon really is to yeah and the, what the decision has been made surely you'd hope oh, i don't think so i think they're going to stick with him i think he'll be captain at the world cup um, no, I mean, it's it's a, you know right off then you know, right the whole thing off it, you know it's a stupid thing isn't it where england keep kind of building Using World Cups to build for the next World Cup, <laughs> they seem to be doing that for years, uh, and it's it's insane.
0: Well, but also just, go just
1: play the World Cup to
0: win it. I agree. We we talked about this in the aftermath of the last World Cup, where you know it was building a new team, looking ahead. Four years is too long to plan for. So, and inevitably, what happens is that the team struggles, and then as happened just before the 2011 World Cup, they just threw out a load of players and brought a load of new ones in because they weren't doing well enough to go into that world cup feeling confident so you know they brought matt Pryor back and stuff like that the same thing could well happen again where they get rid of the captain immediately before but it didn't need to be like this they could have made this decision a long time ago or not made the decision in the first place to give it to go
1: it's a shame that Hales didn't really produce the goods in this series. you know it obviously persists with him but that's that's a disappointing disappointing outcome
0: yeah it would have been nice to see him go out and And post a big score. And he managed about even worse than Cook, to be fair. (laughs) No, it's true. And I I wasn't stunned by that. I think the idea that Hales was the answer to all the problems was pretty far fetched. But he's got to be worth sticking with at least for a while. And yeah, this is what I mean. I I don't think the team is that bad. I don't think it's that far away from being competitive. I mean, at the moment, you'd put them as comfortably the eighth favourites for the World Cup, and by some distance below the the seven above them. But it, it doesn't need to be that way. Just, I don't think they're that far away from being back in the mix again. It doesn't need a radical overhaul. It probably just needs a couple of tweaks. But the thing is, one of those tweaks is a radical tweak, which is changing the captain. It would obviously be a difficult thing to do politically. Uh, but at this point, I, think, I really think it's the, the right thing to do. I guess Cook will probably think, well, no, I, I, I proved everybody wrong earlier in the summer. I, I proved that I'm the right man for the job in the test team. So he'll be thinking, well, I'll just do it again. And to some extent, you think, well, he did prove us all wrong, so maybe he will do it again. Not that long ago, we were sat here saying he needs to step aside in the test team, and obviously that isn't what we think now. But it is a different situation. It's a different format of cricket, and it's, it's not a format to which he's suited. The, the test format, you know, he's one of England's best-ever test batsmen. That's absolutely not the case in one-day cricket. Poor Alistair. <laughs> Just imagine him now, sat on the farm, just. glum. Well, hopefully, he's uh, been cheered up a bit today uh, by the news about the royal baby. I'm sure. The side notes now, on which we talk about some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. I've just got one side note for you this week, Tony. And it comes from the Daily Mail. Well, I've heard of that. Mail Online, uh, which everyone reads at work. That's all. It's amazing that the British economy is growing, really, because it, as far as I can tell people go to work and just read mail online. And that's it. That's literally it, yeah, it's true. You walk around the office, it's worrying. It's troubling. <laughs> uh, well, needless to say, I was reading that at work today and I came across this article. Usain Bolt takes part in exhibition cricket match in India and is beaten over 100 metres by Yuvraj Singh. He often talks about becoming a professional footballer for Manchester United, but Usain Bolt showed that his sporting talent also extends to cricket... After taking part in an exhibition match in India, the world's fastest man headed to Bangalore on his first visit to the country. After his sponsor Puma organized a seven-aside, four-over match at the Chinnaswamy Stadium, Bolt and his team faced off against India international Yuvraj Singh, also a Puma ambassador, and his own side. As local fans flocked to watch the action, after free tickets were printed, the Jamaican star showed that he's more Sounds than like just some
1: guy. Just got a printer,
0: <laughs> ran off a load of like,
1: yeah. You know. Hockey tickets. You know,
0: this is a weird choice of words, isn't it? Printed. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Jamaican star showed that he's more than just a fast runner by displaying both his batting and bowling skills as his side came out on top in the short match. After losing at his own game, Singh was then given a chance for revenge in a 100-metre race inside the stadium. The 32-year-old didn't disappoint, somehow managing to leave Bolt in second place as he tasted victory. After coming out on top in the cricket, Bolt tweeted an image of himself in the changing room with the message, India was great fun. Of course, Bolt team won the cricket match. Hashtag Bolt in India. And then the top comment is, it's good that he didn't choose cricket because he couldn't have become this famous. Test cricket is the most boring sport in the world. <laughs> Wait, full stop, sucks. <laughs> wow, but brutal assessment. I mean, where do you start with that?
1: Uh, he does love his cricket. though. We've heard about him doing it before. So he's often... He uh, someone else. I think. Yeah, bounced Chris Gale he got out. got Chris so. Gale out at one point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, seven aside, four overs. Mm. No one of the tickets are free. <laughs> yeah, like, you'd be like, oh, I've just settle down for
0: a day of cricket. Well, no wonder that All guy decided to take matter yeah. into his yeah. own hands and print a load of tickets. That's the only way they were going to get anyone to go. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, I didn't realise that Yuvraj was that quick. I didn't realise that he was capable of running sub 9.58. Yeah, okay. um, you wouldn't think it to look at him.
1: I went to the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in the summer, and they had a Virgin Media. I don't know why I'm giving them. A, <laughs> they, they can give me some money if they want. But anyway, the sponsor, one of the sponsors, had a uh, you know because Bolts in their adverts uh, had a like race Bolt stand, and it was like this kind of huge lorry thing, and like Bolt Bolt runs along this big screen. Uh, okay on the screen (laughs) I thought thought he meant I was like well I'm surprised that he's got all day got all day still. he he runs along you run along next to him you try and beat him Uh, I really really wanted to do it uh, but it was like mostly kids doing it and (laughs) there was quite a few people watching and I didn't want to like pull a hamstring or something. like like, I don't know (laughs) yeah it would have been really embarrassing
0: I remember at one of the uh, charity cricket matches uh, that that they do in Guernsey that I went to when I was about on the no 11, I don't know what it was like Gloucestershire, v. Hampshire, you know, one of these county games that they do at the end of the summer. It's county games. Uh, uh, they had a face McGrath tent, <laughs> and uh, it was like a sort of simulator. Glenn McGrath was running up and bowling at you, and then you had to stand there and try and hit it. But you had to put you had to put on this like weird virtual reality headset, so you couldn't really see what was going on at all. <laughs> uh, so imagine me, 10 year old me, just stood there with this headset on. Flailing wildly at the ball, uh, and apparently I nicked off every time. I think I faced six deliveries <laughs> and nicked behind. Like, That's like a pretty a young Michael sighting. He's got a bat on ball, I guess. <laughs> I know. you'd A lot of the time, you you know, they always say, "Oh, he was good enough to nick that." Only Roald Dravid would have been good enough to nick it. Only Adam Bayfield, only ten year old Adam yeah. Bayfield, would have been good enough to nick that one. I Wish I'd
1: seen that. Yeah. I swear, things just used to be better. I mean, okay, obviously <laughs> things used to be better when you were a kid, but like there was just more. Such an old man. Like thing, was, you got more excited about technology, like pointless technology like that, and like simulators and stuff. Why? What happened to simulators? The, you can still do simulators at Walt Disney World Resort yeah. in Orlando. I mean, mainly the, the main simulator I'm talking about is the one that used to be at Gatwick. <laughs> yeah. It used to be the best part of going on any holiday. So, obviously, that's not like. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, therefore. Well, no, but you got in it, and it looked like a big uh, moon buggy thing. It was like white. I think that's what it looked like anyway. And you, you could sit like two or three of you in there. Uh, and you could simulate like, skiing, roller coaster. I was going to say golf. I don't think golf is <laughs> one of them. But so, you know, that sort of thing. And it leaves like, like bump around and shake and stuff.
0: Sounds great. I don't, I don't think I ever did that. You never did that? No. I think at the same cricket match as well as that face McGrath tent they also had a commentate like Benno tent they had like a minute and a half of cricket footage and you put on these headphones and they gave you a microphone uh, and you could just commentate on it and I think it was <laughs> I think it was a shot of Nick Knight being bowled <laughs> out by Wassie Mac Graham, and you just had to commentate on it so I was there like probably you as well like all, all my mates are just off having a great time watching the cricket and I'm there in this weird little tent watching Nick Knight getting bowled out going got him oh you had to do an impression he pretty loved that no you didn't, you. didn't
1: have to do it <laughs> but, <laughs> you were like oh I'll, I'll, I've done it my Richie Bennett, now I'll do it in
0: my Dickie Bird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> morning everyone much like the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland this episode of the World Cricket Show is very much on the brink it's beginning to look like the end the Scottish referendum tone that's what I'm talking about I don't shy away from this sort of stuff as you know the big topics the hot topics. Uh, I've prepared some material. Look forward to that then. Um, Scotland, more like Notland. Britain, more like Scotland are going to quitten. I've got 34 of these. Oh, okay. Uh, you can test them out at Edinburgh next year. <laughs>
1: the joke of the year or something.
0: Yeah, to be fair, that's probably better yeah. than the, the Dave joke of the year. Stop eating Pringles. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this could be the last episode of the World Cricket Show recorded with Scotland, part of Britain. Tone. Amazing. Think about that. Let that sink in.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to tell you which way I would vote, but all I will say is, couldn't the Yes campaign have found someone better than Alan Cummins to <laughs> to like be their kind of flag bearer? He's not even that good an actor. <laughs> Isn't he in uh, X-Men 2? Is he? Well, he is, but is that that's not a particularly notable film, is it?
0: Well, I suppose, yeah.
1: They're like, oh, Hollywood's Alan Cummings. I'm not pretty sure you know, being one of the X-Men doesn't really count. <laughs> it's a bit, you can't
0: be called Hollywood's. If you're... It's 2002's Alan Cummings. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just a bit like... He's not, in a mo- he's not in movies anymore, is he?
1: It's not the most dynamic thing, is it, when you've got Alan Cummings... Is it Alan Cummings? Or? I
0: think it's Alan Cumming.
1: Yeah. you have got Alan Cumming on one side and Alistair Darling on the other. It's not the most dynamic debate you're ever going to have. Yeah. You know, it's like Ferguson versus Mourinho. It's quite, yeah, that was exciting. I don't think I saw that debate. Ponting Strauss. These are real clashes, They're sporting clashes. Botham Chapel. Coming, darling. <laughs> Coming, darling. <laughs>
0: that's, that's quite good. Yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, well, yeah, do you enjoy yourself tonight, Tony? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week, of course. Uh, but between now and then, if you enjoy the World Cricket Show, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. Follow us on Twitter, at cricket show. Tony's eating Pringles again. So hungry. Come on, give me some. So hungry. Uh, Tony is at Tony Kaver. I am at Adam Bayfield12. You can follow me on Instagram as well. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. I've run out of beach pictures, so I'm now just posting pictures from several years ago. Yeah,
1: I know such so, old holidays.
0: <laughs> um, uh, you can find all of this stuff on cricketshow.net. What? This is so good. <laughs> Come on, you put. me And if you've I'll got you a spare couple of minutes, leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate all of those. But I think that's it. Stay in school, everybody. I've got a Pringle literally dangling in front of my mouth, and I can feel my mouth watering. Uh, so I'm going to eat this, so let's wrap up. See you next week, everybody. great Bye for now.
1: Soul. It happens to our soul
0: Each
1: day, each year, yeah, yeah, and I can smell your fear ba da 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 fundamentally you're getting more Pringle which has <laughs> got to be a good thing
0: It's rolling okay cool um i just have a sip of water yeah yeah I should probably put my phone on silent and stuff actually as well. do,
1: I've just do not disturb is genius
0: yeah can I do that on this one
1: mm. yeah mate, of course uh, just scroll where, up where is it scroll up from the bottom you know pull the pull the settings menu up and it's just a little crescent moon
0: oh really so what does that actually do well you
1: can there's more granular settings but basically when do not disturb is on uh, it won't buzz vibrate light up the notifications will still come in but you just won't be disturbed Mm -hmm. in any way and it will if someone tries to call you a second time within like a two minute period it will ring so if like someone's trying to desperately get hold of you some kind of emergency situation but you can schedule it to come on you know schedule it from midnight to 6am or something which is quite good
0: that's quite good, yeah. That's good to know. I I do put it on airplane mode when I'm sleeping though, because I I don't know whether I, it's, this is completely unscientific, but I've noticed that since doing that, I sleep much better. Really? I don't know whether it's to do with the yeah. you know, trans, transmissions or whatever, but it is, might be coincidental and it's just completely sounds my like head, it. But I do do that now. Anyway, uh, right. <clears throat> You you recorded all of that presumably. Yeah. that. us an extra. That's um, that's some brilliant. Some gold for the outtakes. E- three Easter
1: eggs there. Hold
2: up.